0: Hi, it's Jessie, and this is a shout-out to everyone who jumped on joefresh.com to get my limited edition matching family collection. It's been selling so fast. The baby romper, the kid set, and the dress are my obsessions for the summer. I am loving seeing them on your kids, and they're so affordable. The toddler dress is $16. That's why I bought 10 and smuggled them back into the U.S. illegally for my friend's kids. I shouldn't have said that on a recorded medium. Anyway, the Jessie Collection is out now in select stores and at joefresh.com. Get it before it's gone. Or before I'm gone. To jail. This week on Phone a Friend, we're live at Just for Laughs. And just for laughs, I let you throw things at my head. Plus, why are Doja Cats fans saying, get me here? Which hot, sweaty actor has been stroking, sorry, striking his way into my heart? And comedy icon, legend, queen, Debra Giovanni takes my call IRL to talk fake boyfriends, real hookups, and being brainwashed.
1: As women, we all are on diets for most of our lives. We all know calories like men know sports stats.
0: I usually record this podcast alone in my house wearing a milk-stained bathrobe, but fuck it, let's do it live.
2: I'm Sandra
1: With Jesse Cripshake.
0: Hello, hello, hello! What? Welcome to Phone a Friend Live at the Just for Laughs Comedy Festival in Montreal! So happy that you're here. Thank you for coming. Oh my god. Who needs Beyoncé's Renaissance tour when you can see Jesse Crookshank live at the Doubletree Hotel at noon on a Saturday? Am I right? You know, you know. And it's not just going to be me up here, okay? In just a little bit. Canadian icon, comedy queen, Debra Giovanni will be live on this stage. She will be the Blue Ivy to my Beyonce today for you. I cannot wait for that. But first, I just want to do a little census here, okay? How many of you identify as phonies or phone friends? How many of you listen to the podcast? Yes, this is an audio medium so you can, okay, great. And how many of you just wandered in for the free air conditioner? Oh, hello, sir, welcome. Thank you so much for coming. I will dedicate today's calling all thirsty moms to that man. And welcome one and all. Honestly, like this is such an honor for me to be here live for the first time ever at Just for Laughs because like the elder millennial lady that I am, I grew up, on just for laughs specifically just for laughs gags yes yes okay we got one woo i appreciate that ma'am just a woo come on you remember you'd be like a kid on air canada and they would lower the three little screens from the ceiling like Meh, and you'd be like oh shit what kind of french canadian comedy are we gonna get today You knew it was coming. And I was, like, hysterical watching those gags, okay? I, like, couldn't eat the warm meal that I was served in my coach seat at that time because I would be laughing so hysterically at the gags. And my mom and dad liked it, too, which is a good thing. I mean, first of all, they have great taste. But second of all, that meant that we were able to watch it at home. And they would only let us watch a few things. So I would come home from school. I would, like, pop in a pizza pocket, and I would watch just for laughs, gags, just like over and over, just construction workers getting hit in the face with fake wrecking balls and like old men pretending to have heart attacks, hours of that shit. I mean like vaudeville music and slide whistles all day. I'm saying just for laughs, gags made me who I am. Okay, I could have been a doctor, a lawyer, an activist, but I grew up watching French Canadians pretend to fart on a park bench and look at me now, talking on stage at the Doubletree Quebec just to earn a living. I do realize, like, I should probably say this because I know the organizers of the festival are here today. I know talking about Just for Laughs gags at an internationally acclaimed comedy festival is probably like telling Nicole Kidman, Oscar winner, that you love her work in the AMC commercial. Like, that's basically what I'm doing. But I'm saying... Just for laughs, gags, like, I think it might have legs. So I wanted to see if it holds up in 2023. Like, would children find the shit I found hilarious in 1993 funny now? So what I did is I sat my five-year-old twin sons, Rio and Dre, down, for a little viewing of just poor rear gags, and I recorded it all for you. Now, I want to preface this by saying, this is a full disclaimer, okay? I pulled up random gags that I found on YouTube. I do not condone the names or the content of these gags. They have not aged well. So in this one, it's called Disabled Man Falls in Water Prank, so they're pretending that this man in a wheelchair is going to fall into the water. Are you ready? Oh, God. (laughs) Okay, we have another one. This man is pretending to be blind and he falls in a manhole.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he
3: jumped in! <laughs>
0: I almost peed in my pants. That was so funny. You almost peed in your pants? Yeah. It's top-level comedy. More just
1: for laughs.
0: More just for laughs? Okay. Yeah, you can clap tepidly for that. More just for laughs. Do you know how hard I try to make these little fuckers laugh, okay? I'm a professional. I walk around all day with like a cardboard box on my head, like tickling. But No, nothing makes them laugh harder than blind men falling in manhole. So thank you just for laughs, gags. Next time I want to make my sons laugh, I'll just push an elderly man in a wheelchair into a lake. Slide whistle. <laughs> Thank you. Do you feel, phonies, that the slide whistles should be the Quebecois version of the air horn sound effect? Should I replace? Should I replace? She's saying no. She does not like it. I'm just saying, is there anything more French-Canadian than a slide whistle? It's like that and like walking into a cafe in old Montreal and saying, "Un café s'il vous plaît." And the barista like rolling her eyes and saying, "Do you want it in tall, small or large?" Like that is the essence of Quebec, okay? The slide whistle and that, "Le cœur du Québec." Mm-hmm. But just for you, ma'am. <laughs> Yeah, baby. Look at her. She looks like an air horn sound effect kind of lady. Okay, and because you are my ladies, except for you, sir. Actually, a lot of men here today. Did you think that this was a Russell Peters show? Have you wandered into the wrong room? Welcome. I'm just saying, ladies, it's been a week. It's been a week. Yeah. Yeah, you can hoot, you can cheer, you can clap. I love a hoot. Yes, just as much as I love a slide whistle. Okay, I would like to begin with What's Giving Me Night Sweats. Good
2: what's giving me the night sweats? What's giving me night sweats? Ah,
0: Last night I woke up alone in my double bed at the Doubletree Hotel, dripping In sweat from every fault. Because it occurred to me, I was about to perform live on stage in the midst of a global crisis that has been plaguing live performers worldwide. And that is shit being thrown on stage. Okay? And in a post-B.B. Ricks, a hit in head with cell phone at concert landscape, nothing feels safe. And so I did what I always do when I wake up with anxiety-induced night sweats. I popped a Xanax and then Googled the thing that was giving me the anxiety-induced night sweats. You all do that. And so last night, I compiled for you a list of shit that has been thrown on stage in the last two months.
2: Shit that's been thrown on stage in the last two months.
0: A smartphone at BB Rexa. A leather jacket at Beyonce. Friendship bracelets at Taylor Swift. Silver bracelets at Kelsey Ballerini. Skittles at Harry Styles Eye. Kiwis at Harry Styles Legs. A bottle of water at Harry Styles Crotch. A bottle of urine at Cher Lloyd. Tampons at Niall Horan. Bras at Drake. Dildos at Lil Nas X. And a bag of someone's mother's ashes at Pink. I didn't make it up. That happened in the last two months. And because this is a live performance, and I know my elder millennial phonies are just as rabid as the Swifties and the Stylers, I want to make it very clear right now that I will be deeply upset if you do not throw anything at me. Okay, thank you. I am just as deserving of your mother's ashes. My crotch is just as valuable as Harry Styles. So in this moment, I would like you to take anything on your person, in your bags, and throw it at me as hard as you possibly can. Uh, We already have a purple silk scrunchie, everybody. Thank you so much. Yeah, it didn't hurt, so I appreciated it. Um, Wow. This gentleman is taking his suitcase out, I'm nervous. Anything you want, throw it at me. Water, cash preferably, yeah, open up those wallets. What is, oh, a bottle of hand sanitizer was just thrown at my calf, so I appreciate that because I didn't bring any and I do wanna take selfies with you, sorry, Miranda Lambert, later, so I'll be using this vigorously. This woman also is a woman after my own heart. She threw an Omega Power Nut Mix at me. Oh, it's a walnut, thank you. A little energy, a little vigor. Wait, you really missed, where did you throw it? She didn't even hit the stage and the stage is two feet tall. Oh, okay, we have two things, they're very small. One of them is a keychain that says, if I had a dollar for every time I got distracted, I wish I had a puppy. Oh, that was the hardest you've laughed this entire day at this man's keychain blood sweat night sweats went into my routine here today but i wish i had a puppy really did it for you and i shouldn't have eaten a walnut during a live audio podcast recording i'm learning it's my first time okay we also have this bag of oh a free fido sponsorship uh, these are candies that were clearly given to this person free uh, to promote the company FIDA, which is not a sponsor of this show. So I'm just going to throw them back. <laughs> and finally, we have a polar. This seems very intimate and sentimental. Are you sure you wanted to throw this at me? This is a Polaroid of someone's dog. Oh, and you know what? I don't have a dog, and I'm feeling emotionally unstable being away from my family, so I'm just going to tuck that right in here in my bosom. Thank you so much. I will keep your dog with me for the rest of this show, and it will provide the support and stability that all animals do. Thank you so much. Round of applause for yourselves. Thank you for your absolutely rabid, completely unprompted wild fandom. Just chucking keychains left, right, and center. What we're gonna do is release that footage in hopes that it creates a viral moment and I'll one day become as famous as BB Rexa. So thank you, everybody. What's next? What's next? Um, this is cute, everybody. Aliens have been confirmed to be real. Yeah, you heard this. This comes from a whistleblower in the Air Force who took part in some kind of court hearing but nobody was wearing a four thousand dollar goop turtleneck so i didn't really pay attention anyway under oath he claims the government found a crashed ufo and is hiding the non-human bodies they found inside listen to this do we have the bodies of the pilots who
1: piloted this craft
2: biologics came with some of these recoveries yeah
1: Were they, I guess, human or non-human?
2: Non-human, and that was the assessment of people uh, with direct knowledge on the program I talked to that are currently still on the program.
0: This is the first time in human history that physical evidence of UFOs and aliens has been made public. Okay, the whistleblower says this is an urgent national security problem that could change civilization as we know it forever. And I just feel like it's so hard to know how to react to something like this. So I'm just going to do what the rest of the world is doing, okay? Gasp. (gasps) Shudder. Ooh. And then talk about Doja Cat. (laughs) Actually, I... do want to talk about doja cat which really is a sentence i feel like i say too much on this podcast just to gauge do i talk about this person that we know one song of too much on this show i know she sings about being like a bitch and a boss and yet i talk about her monthly okay so this week she started a cat fight thank you you want to put that on a keychain sir uh, with her own fans. So Doja Cat super fans decided to call themselves Kittens with a Z. My Canadian is showing. And Doja Cat did not approve. She hated the name so much, she took to Threads, because current, and she wrote. Now, my producer Jason, who we know and love... He pulled this quote from Threads for me because I don't know what Threads is or how to find it on my phone. He put it in this document and I just need to show you what he wrote in brackets. Try it in a Doja Cat voice. What the fuck is a Doja Cat voice? Does anyone in this crowd have a Doja Cat voice, sir? I'm looking at you, sir. No. Yeah, I don't know. I don't even know a Doja Cat song. So I think I'm just going to read this in my trusty old selling sunset voice. Would that work for you? Okay. My fans don't name themselves Shed. If you call yourself a kitten or fucking kittens, that means you need to get off your phone and get a job.
3: (gasps) Ah.
0: I think Doja Cat might need to get a new job, okay? She lost half a million followers because clearly she's a bitch, she's a boss, but mostly she's just a bitch. What? And so this brings me to a very important question. On this podcast, we have hotly debated, hotly, the name of my loyal a Friend listeners. We have tried out phonies, we have tried out elder millennials, a Friends, but I don't know what to call you. And it's enough is enough. It is 2023. I need to get your pronouns right. So, live, right here at the Just for Laughs Comedy Festival, we are going to settle on a phone a friend listener name once and for all. Here's how it's going to work. Please applaud with the name you most identify with, okay? <clears throat> Friendies. <laughs> Friendies just lost half a million followers. <laughs> callers, do we like callers? Wow, that's oh a light clap. No, please, you can clap for more than one. She's okay. A light thigh tap for callers. She couldn't be bothered to use the other hand. All right, elder millennials, <clears throat> elder millennials, strong in here. Okay, <laughs> kittens with a Z. Is that gonna work for? A, is that no? without that won't okay. Uh phone of friends. Wait a minute. I am shook because I only have one option left. Phonies. What? Wow, ladies and gentlemen, let's be honest, mostly ladies and gentlemen who wandered in here by accident. After 25 episodes of this show with no official name, it is an honor to officially christen my listeners, my phonies. And if I decide I don't like it one day, I'll just tell you to fuck off and get a job. What's next? What's next? Ooh. Dim the lights and slip into something more comfortable. I am looking at you, sir because it's time for Calling All Thirsty Moms.
2: Calling All Thirsty Moms. Woo!
0: Okay. All week, we've been seeing pictures of actors striking on the picket lines, right? Brian Cranston wants fair pay for background actors. Susan Sarandon wants residuals for all. And I want Jeremy Allen White for myself. <gasps> Do you know who I'm talking about? Okay, he was on Shameless. He's the Emmy-winning star of The Bear. I have received... Hundreds of DMs, possibly from some of you phonies in this room, telling me that my five-year-old son, Rio, looks like Jeremy Allen White. But I'd like to strike that information from the record so I can proceed with this Thirsty Mom segment without getting arrested. Photos have emerged of Jeremy Allen White marching on the picket lines in slouchy jeans and a gray tank top. His bulging biceps are dripping in sweat from extreme climate change induced heat, while he holds the hard wood shaft of a sign that says, On strike, sag after a union. Ooh! The union is strong, all right. Ah. This is not just an actor with crystal blue eyes and soft cascading curls. This is a man with a cause. He wants increased pay rates, and I've got an increased heart rate. He wants regulations around self-tapes, and I can think of some tapes we could make ourselves. He wants residuals from streaming, and I'm streaming from a few places right now. So good luck out there, Jeremy Allen White. And when you're finished spreading your message, I'd like you to spread my message. This has been Calling All Thirsty Moms.
2: Calling All Thirsty
0: Moms. Pinnacle of the Just for Laughs Festival just happened and you witnessed it. (sighs) Okay, we've talked a lot about hot stars. I know what you all came here for, especially you, ma'am, in the back. My elder millennial take. Elder millennial take. Sorry, that's the first time I've heard that. (laughs) I think my boy band was drinking the night before, so we're going to, okay, that might change when you hear this come out in the recording next week. Okay, so this week, an international market research firm released a list of Millennials 14 favorite contemporary music artists. Did anyone see this? 14 feels like a very arbitrary number. Like, were the millennials so tired they couldn't make it to 15? Like, 14. So we'll start with number 14. I'm just going to read through them. You tell me how you feel about it, okay? We will react live. Number 14, Taylor Swift. Yes, fair, but at number 14, I mean, arguably the most popular artist at the peak of her career on a global record-breaking tour, and yet us millennials put her at the bottom of the list. (laughs) That's how out of touch we are. We're like, oh, I've heard of her put her on the list. Number 13, John Mayer? Oh, please. Don't pretend you didn't make out with your pillow to My Body is a Wonderland. Number 12, Halsey. Oh, my God. Look at this girl. Can we be friends? You're clapping for Halsey. Okay. She's at least 20 years younger than the rest of us. Uh, Nicki Minaj is number 11. Yep. Katy Perry is number 10. I'm okay with that. At number nine, we have Miley Cyrus. Number eight, we have Ellie Goulding. She's nodding her head. I'm wondering if this survey was done in the UK in 2015, but we'll move along. Number seven, Gwen Stefani. Number six, Alicia Keys. Number five, Bruno Mars. And so at this point, I mean, we're down to the top five. I'm feeling pretty good about us, right? We have singers, we have female rappers, we have pop stars. Then we get to number four. The number four favorite contemporary musical artist in 2023, according to Millennials, is Evanescence. Evanescence? Evanescence of Bring Me Back to Life! Evanescence? That song came out in 2003. That is 20 years ago when this girl who likes Halsey was born. That's when that song came out. But I will say, in fairness, has one of the most iconic dramatic pauses in music history. Okay? Like, for me, the list is Whitney's ding, ding, ding. And I... Right? Like, there's that. Did I sing it better than her? I don't want to offend. Okay, there's that. And then just below it is this. What? That bitch, is her name Amy Lee? I want to say it's Amy Lee. Is that correct? Thank you so much. I pulled that out of the recesses. Amy Lee is like, she has you waiting with bated breath until she just starts thrashing her black hair angrily around in a slip dress with smudged eyeliner, just hitting that chorus. Here's my question. Am I missing something? Is Evanescence having an Evanescence? An Evanescence? Are they back? Does anybody know this? They're back? Okay, we need to get a fucking mic on this person now.
3: Yeah, I think so, because I saw a TikTok video of a small dog jumping through hoops to that song that went mildly viral.
0: Was it this dog, the dog on the Polaroid picture that I stuffed into my bra? That's what it takes to come back in 2023. Your song just has to be in a TikTok video with a dog jumping through hoops. Well, what I did is I researched beyond TikTok, ma'am. I went to evanescence.com. Because I'm into music. Here's what I found. A large photo of the band staring right at me. And the thing is, yes, they are back on tour. And yes, Amy Lee has the same black hair, smudged eyeliner, ripped, disheveled slip, and like angry face, just 20 years older. And if I'm being honest, as a tired ass elder millennial mom, I looked at that picture and I was like, oh shit, that's kind of hashtag relatable now. Like hair messed up, makeup all smudged, a ripped kind of bathrobe. I was Like, that's what I look after putting three kids to bed. Bring me back to life. So I guess I'm on board. I'm on board with the Evanescence. And please send me a link to that TikTok video, but send it to my Gmail because I don't know how to work TikTok. And number three, this is a very hard turn to Selena Gomez, everybody, who was born uh, three years after Evanescence formed. And number two, finally, a solid choice, Rihanna. That's a solid number two. Thank you for the snap, sir. It's a solid number two. The number one musical artist, according to millennials, any guesses? Beyonce, Harry Styles, we have Beyonce guesses. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, the number one musical artist, according to millennials, is Adele. Like the correct, that's that's fine. That works for us, right? It did bring me to like the terrifying realization that what Celine Dion was to our mothers, Adele is now to us. You know what I mean? Like my mom bought every album when it came out at Starbucks, and now. That is us with Adele. Like, she is the easy listening that we all need in this delicate phase of our elder millennial lives. And I'm okay with that. I am not okay with the fact that Beyonce did not make the list. No Harry Styles. No Drake. No Pitbull. (laughs) If you again wandered in for the air conditioning, you should know that I have emerged to be a Pitbull stand on this podcast. I am the one, and I believe that the spirit of Pitbull flows through me daily. And I encourage you all to try that affirmation in your life. Uh, but you know what? Ellie Golding is on the list, so we're okay, everyone. Here's one thing we should all feel great about. We all knew everybody on the list, right? <laughs> yeah, give yourselves a round of applause for that, please. So while we bask in like the glory of relevancy for a moment, I'm going to bring you down a notch. Because after reading the list of Millennials' favorite artists, I came across a list of Gen Z's favorite musical artists. This is real. Brace yourselves. <laughs> Glave, Sarah Kays. Ella Jane. Keenan Tay. Clinton Kane. Zach Hood. Lynn Lapid. Ennepen. Mero. What the fuck is that? Did anybody in this room know who any of those people were? No! And suddenly I'm feeling pretty damn comfortable with Evanescence as number four! Wait, Bring me back, back up to life. Way and, me up life. Way up the and that is my elder millennial take. Elder. Millennial, take. All right, is it that time? Should we get to it? Should we phone a friend? (laughs) And by phone a friend, I mean bring a friend out live on this stage.
3: Girl,
0: let's bring a friend live out on the stage. I am bringing out. We pivot, you know, we pivot. Comedy icon, legend, queen. She is a three-time Canadian Comedy Award winner who you know and love. From Video on Trial, Last Comic Standing, Last One Laughing, Match Game, Canadian Idol, The Debaters, and every comedy club and theater stage that side of Game Ma say hello to Deborah DiGiovanni! Hi, everyone. Would you like some walnuts?
1: Oh, um, no. Okay,
3: great. I'm yeah. going to pass on that
0: oh. crunchy scrotum. So we started. We've
1: begun. This is begun. She's
0: arrived. <laughs> She's arrived. Deborah. Hello. Thank you for being my first ever live in the flesh. A friend, uh, oh my God. Uh, It's good to be here. So I, like I think all of us in this room, I have watched (laughs) Debra, loved Debra, known about Debra for years, but this week I did something I've never done. While I was looking up Evanescence.com, I also (laughs) looked up (laughs) DebraDGiovanni.com, and I discovered that you, quote, began your studies in university pursuing fashion design,
1: Yes. I I was, I wanted to be a fashion illustrator. That's what I, I was an artist Uh and that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a, and then the first day of art school, the fashion school, I went to Ryerson and the first day the professor said, if you don't sleep, drink, eat, breathe and dream fashion, you should leave. And I was like, where's the door? I gotta go. (laughs) I made a huge mistake. (laughs) Anyway.
0: Okay. Well, this is something that we like to do on this podcast because it is being recorded for audio only. And my... Bonies, official. It feels good to just live in that. Phonies. They can't see yeah. what we're wearing. Okay. So I would like to give them a vivid visual image. So I would like you as a former fashion <sighs> oh, expert... I'm jazzed. ...to please do the honors of describing my ensemble. Okay. And please feel free to go into detail. Okay. Uh, let's give let me have a stand-up. Can I get a good look-sie? Okay. All right.
1: Today, everyone... Jessie's wearing what I could only call hobby, ho- Holly hobby fashion of with a touch of Little House on the Prairie and uh, all of these references are too old for your audience but it makes it better. It's, uh, it's, 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 it's a onesie? It's it a jumpsuit of some sort? It is. It looks like jammies slash slash, I don't know, a plate romper suit of some sort. Um, I'm pretty sure you can't get it on by yourself. I'm pretty sure. This takes the team. But it is. You look very pretty. You always look very pretty. And it's got a nice little ruffle, and there's a little bit of lilac. Is that... a Print of some sort. I think it is. You know what it looks like? It looks like old-timey wallpaper. Do you remember? Do you remember? When they had that? They couldn't do too many I'm just colors. Just leave. Is it okay? They couldn't do go... too many colors, Jesse. They should, didn't have them. I just go change. No, <laughs> no. But I wanted to talk about the shoes. Though the shoes we must discuss. The shoes. I can only describe them as hot as fuck. They're hot. They are high and pointed and they look painful, and that is sexy. It so if is
0: anybody good. Uh, is keeping score, I, there's one part of my body that is hot and sexy, and it's my feet. It's my damn feet. Deborah DiGiovanni, thank you. Wow. Wow. You know what's interesting? Like the parts underneath this garment also feel like old timey wallpaper. So it really hit. That really
3: worked. Oh, right. Good
0: um, so, Deborah, this is yes. my first time. At Just for Laughs. Is it really? It is a cherry pop wow. for me. Oh my God. How many times have you been with Just for Laughs Deborah? Oh, let's count! Um,
1: before some of you were born, I'm pretty sure, I think. No, I think the first time I came was 2005. Yeah. yeah and oh. I, I've been very fortunate. They've been very good to me, Just for Laughs. So I think I've, it's, I might be like 12, 13, 14, 15 times. Oh my God. I don't God. know, I, have to, I really have to count. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Why not?
0: Yeah. We're in the presence of an icon. So I have to tell you this. It's probably inappropriate to say live at the festival, but this is my first comedy festival. I can't believe how wild it is. People are drinking all day. They're out till like 3 a.m. Someone invited me to a 1 a.m. show last night. I was like, are you out of your damn mind? (laughs) I had to step over two sets of comedians, not one, but two, making out in various parts of the hotel.
1: Fantastic.
0: So, my question for you is Has that ever been you, Deborah?
1: <laughs> the one stepping over people, yes. <laughs> But th- this is the thing. This is the secret. It's like comedy camp here. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. it's like everyone is all in the same place. You don't get to see everyone. And it's just, it, there's, there's a very party aspect to it. They really do. People, I don't understand how they get through it. They don't sleep. They drink too much. They smoke too much. I don't know how they do it. I don't I know. know. And then everyone goes home on Monday and gets sick.
0: Because <laughs> it. we're exhausted. We're exhausted. Yeah. See, my people don't understand. They pack oh. walnuts in their purses, oh my okay? Gosh. They're not out...
3: <laughs>
1: I love a little protein snack. God bless you. I know. No, thank you.
0: I have also kind of, you know, come to the realization being around all these comedians is that they are very complex (laughs) individuals. You usually don't go into stand-up comedy unless you have some kind of (laughs) deep-seated trauma. So what is yours, Deborah DiGiovanni? (laughs) seriously yes
1: okay uh, yeah, okay well was. you know I'm a twin I know you have twins what
0: I'm a twin did you know this wait, wait, we
1: have buried very. oh I know I, I, I know I wanted to surprise you I am a twin I'm a fraternal
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm a fraternal twin oh my god yeah are you are you identical identical okay Ooh, wow. with a boy or a girl uh, I'm a sister oh wow and she's seven minutes older than me okay. and uh <laughs> it's true and uh, that was the that was the start, right? <laughs> that was it. It was just I, I didn't have a very good relationship with my mother, unfortunately. So I had a, I would say my therapist says a traumatized youth. So yeah, you know I I I was just saying that I I. I grew up, like, funny for survival. Do you know what I mean? Like, that was how we did it, you know? That was, after a while, I, was, I got very badly bullied. And then after a while, somewhere when I turned, like, maybe 11 or 12, I started realizing I could make people laugh, and then that would distract them long enough to run. Do you know what I mean? Like, that was it. I was like, okay, I can get out of here. But I just, I just, I did. I had a, whatever, I had a rough childhood, and that's fine.
0: Can I ask <laughs> but you um, personal question? Yes. Were you breastfed until you were two? Uh, Ah, let me say this. You want to hear this?
1: My mother breastfed my twin sister, but not me.
0: (gasps) Wow. Thank you for that
1: gasp, everyone. I appreciate that response.
0: Wow! Seriously, I know, right?
1: So that's it. Yeah, she really bonded. Okay, I feel so weird, but I'm telling you the truth. No, she really does. bonded with my sister. It was very much my sister, and I was actually her her kind of keeper. As I as I grew up, I was always her protector, and I just, yeah, it was. I was very much her like second mother. So it was kind of like, yeah, oh, it, was, it was a little yeah, it was a little strange. And I have a big family too. We got I have five siblings, so it's like, there's I mean, excuse me, five kids, and yeah, there's a lot.
0: So one of my twins will be a comedian. Oh, yes, you're, you're, me. you're I'm lucky. Yes, congratulations. Oh, wow. <laughs> Um I first discovered you like I think many of my elder millennials here on video on trial. I honestly I do not remember a single one of those straight white guys. I remember Deborah from that show. Was that like your big break making fun of Christina Aguilera and
1: Chaps?
0: 100%. God bless her heart. Let yeah. me say that was that was
1: it was interesting because, you know, my, my history was that I worked at the TV station, right? Like, I answered the phone at City TV, Much Music, and Bravo. That's I didn't know that. Oh, I, yeah, I did. I was wow. the receptionist, and I did tours. And then, you know, when I eventually thought, okay, I'm going to start comedy, and I left the station, they started a video on trial, like, maybe three or four years into me doing comedy. And so I was fortunate because, like, he just... Deborah, do comedy, and they just called me in, and everyone else had to audition, and st- and I didn't, so I was just there automatically. Yeah, and and then at the time, too, like a lot of comics were like, um, I'll tell you the truth, they didn't pay us, <laughs> they didn't pay us. Oh yeah, they didn't, they just didn't. They were like, do you want to do this? And we're like, oh, all right. and then um, a lot of comics were like, well, I'm not going to do it if I don't get paid. And then fast forward to like three years later, they're like, can I can I do the show again? <laughs> Right. And then, yeah, it it, it it took off in a way that I never, ever would have guessed. It was, it was, yeah, it was pretty big for a while. It was really pretty big for a while. It was people huge. still remember it. Like, pe- that yes. is the number one thing that yes. people talk to me about. It ended in 2013 and people still say to me, video, video on trial. trial. I know. Yeah. Very yeah. fortunate.
0: Well, I'm, same with me. How many people here after are going to ask me about the after show? I mean, yes, yeah. right?
1: Oh my yeah. gosh. It's yeah. fun. We yeah. get it.
0: The thing about video on trial that is yeah. similar to when I was at MTV is that yes. it was on during like peak 2006 to 2010, like tabloid Perez Hilton culture, where it was okay to make fun of women and like (laughs) people's physical appearance and make jokes about Lindsay Lohan's vagina. Uh, Like that was cool. Do you ever worry that jokes you made then could get you canceled now? Yes, yes. Really?
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly, truly. Like I think even like, just even like in like the last six or seven years, like there have been jokes that I have definitely retired. I've been doing comedy since 2000. Uh things have changed things have really changed yeah. so there's a lot of things that you know they seem innocuous they seem gentle and you're like I'm just teasing and then you realize no 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 no, mm-hmm. I'm wrong honestly I there's I'm gonna say like a solid chunk of jokes that I just I won't they're retired they're yeah, gone yeah they're gone. They're, gone. they're gone I you know I I'm not going to apologize for them because they were at a time that it was whatever but I will not I will not perform them anymore. And that's my saying, I, I done. I won't, I won't do that anymore. So there's a lot of things, a lot of jokes that I really like to, but I can't, I can't, I can't do them anymore. Yeah.
0: No, but I like yep. that because so many people are getting, yeah. are apologizing and the fact that you're just like, yeah. oh, it was the well, time. I think so. I,
1: it's, it, and I know that's a feeble excuse, but it it was though, like yeah. it was in 2004, we said words that we just do not say now. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So there's a lot of that. And yeah. you know what? Good. I'm glad to learn that. I'm thrilled to have that, you know, happen and because I think we need to. You know, I think you need to learn it and go, "Okay, we can't say everything."
0: Yeah. yeah. So, I should cut the next segment I had that was called <laughs> "Sluttiest Sluts Whoa, of 2010." Yes. Should I cut that? That doesn't work anymore. It does work. That was the shit we were doing at the time. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. Is there anyone that you were particularly hard on on oh. video on trail that you would like to ask for forgiveness live on Phone a Friend oh, with these phonies as your witness? Okay. This is the number one comedy podcast next only to SmartList. Fuck you, Jason Bateman. (laughs) Fuck you, Jason Bateman. Okay, I I
1: have to, I would have to be all the all the girls of the time. I do. I have to say sorry to oh gosh, de- definitely Jessica Simpson for oh. sure for sure, Ooh. Christina Aguilera for Ooh. sure. Um, I know I made fun of Shakira. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I made fun of Britney. Spe- we just yeah we, we yeah. took them. Oh, Selena Gomez, God bless you. Sorry,
0: Selena, I really made fun of you. <laughs> 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 really fun of you. Number three on the <laughs> list. Number three on the list.
1: Demi Lovato. All oh, the girls. Oh. Yes. Oh. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I think I need to I'm apologize sorry. for Jessica Simpson too for I jokes I made about her cork wedges two weeks ago on this podcast, so sorry to her. All right, Deborah, you are a staple on Video On Trial, but the tables are about to turn. I'm going to ask you five of the most hard-hitting, so scandalous they feel illegal questions I can think of, and you have to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Hand up. Do you promise? Do you swear? I
1: swear to Jesse. Perfect.
0: (laughs) This is Deborah on trial?
1: Deborah on trial.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, settle in. Here we go. <gasps> Who is the rudest celebrity you've ever encountered?
1: The singer from Metric.
0: Oh. Canadian I that icon fast, I? Emily Haynes?
1: I answered that real fast. Oh
0: yes. my God. Yeah,
1: and that's a shame because I always love that band. Wow. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. We're dragging fellow mm, Canadians I'm here. Mary Fuck Kill Comedians <laughs> Edition. Oh. Kevin Hart. Okay. Pete Davidson. Oh. Louis C.K. Oh
1: my God. Oh my god, this I'm gonna get canceled with this answer. This is it. <laughs> okay, definitely kill Louis Louisiana. Thank you,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And
1: yeah. and then kill him again. Oh okay.
0: Uh, okay, one that was more time. Part of the and
1: then I'm gonna I'm gonna marry Kevin Hart. <gasps> yeah, you know what I mean? He's got a lot of money. And uh, and like let's Pete Davidson, of course we're gonna fuck him. What else are you gonna What else? What else are you gonna do with Pete Davidson? I mean, seriously.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. Is that your choice too? Is that what you would have done
0: too? Oh, absolutely. Okay, good. Absolutely. Good. Yeah. Imagine if I had said, fuck Louis C.K. Please. Mary. Get Mary me Lucy out of again. here right now. Oh, dear God. What is the most humiliating thing you've ever done on stage? Oh,
1: God. Um, okay. One of the most humiliating things, stage television. The yes. one thing, When I was on Last Comic Standing, they made me wear a jester uniform. Uh, yeah. <laughs> on, on NBC. Uh, and it wasn't even just a jester uniform. It was half of a jester uniform. They gave me the top and no pants. Oh, <gasps> and I was like may I have the pants and they're like no and they left <gasps> and I had like nylons pantyhose and a top I cried in the bathroom for 45 minutes and then went on stage and did it and did it on NBC nationally and then I went back and I cried for another hour and a half and then but I did it Get yeah but look
0: who's fucking Pete Davidson now okay yeah.
1: <laughs> Woo! but yeah that was bad
0: name oh, one yeah. performer you'd like to aggressively throw a cell phone at or oh. a pack of almonds
1: Oh my gosh! Oh, that's a hard one. Um,
0: comedian, okay, musician, comedian, actor. actor.
1: Uh, oh, um, oh, Nicole Kidman.
0: Oh! Whoa! Whoa! The blonde white ladies are going down in this yeah. segment. She's,
1: first of all, she could use an almond. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? So she catch them in her mouth, whatever. But she, I just feel like she needs a little, a little shake up, a little bit. You know what I mean? You gotta just remind her. Reminder. Okay,
0: one more question. <laughs> okay. Number five. On your Instagram page, you had something called hashtag Deborah's Fake Boyfriend Friday, where you would thirst after men and call them your fake boyfriend. Yeah. Please scan the crowd and pick one person here to be your hashtag fake boyfriend. In
1: this one here, in the, with the glasses and the, and the bleed. Yeah, you. Stand I, up. Yeah, your fake Stand boyfriend. Stand up,
0: sir. Let us objectify Ariel. you. Woo! Hey! fake boyfriend that's cute absolutely yeah, yeah, good yeah. choice I would that's take right. my sister wife outfit off for him any day <laughs> I was say, you know, he's and that is how you play Deborah, on trial yay
1: <laughs> did I pass did I lose did I win that was the
0: most honest was... anything I've ever done that was incredible okay so much of your comedy over the course of a decade yes. has been about you being single yes I'd like to make a formal announcement drum roll please Debra, is it true that you are in a relationship? Yes, it is! And listen, from what I can gather from stalking you on TikTok, this person's name is Filippo? Filippo. Filippo? (laughs) He lives in London, England, not Ontario.
1: I wipe like my sweaty face. Yes. Oh. Yeah, he's Italian, but he 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 grew up. He was born in Italy, and the Italian Alps, which I didn't know existed. And uh, yeah, there's Alps in Italy. Did you know that? No, absolutely no I had no not. idea. Yeah. And, uh, so we found that out.
0: And yeah, and he uh, now
1: he's in now he's in London. Yeah. yeah.
0: Wow. And yeah. so here's a question: yeah. Are you worried that being in love yes. will make you less funny? Oh my goodness, yes. Because
1: here's the thing. Because here's the thing: we all know pain is funny, right? It just is. And now it's like I'm all like happy and content and stuff, and I'm like. What am I? no. But I realize. But I. But don't worry, because I'm gonna. I'm gonna fuck it up so soon. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna mess this up so bad. Like you. I heard you talking about Adele. I'm like, you wait and see. When he dumps me, I, I'm gonna. My next special is gonna be better than Adele's before she was thin. Do you know what I mean? You wait and see. It's gonna be 19 all over again. Oh, I'm gonna win my Emmy after he dumps me. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: Okay, <laughs> you are somebody who, like Adele, used to tour all the time. Yes, yeah, always performing, always on the road. Yeah, stand up is what you love, yes, right? It it's what you love, number one. Yeah, but after the pandemic, you told me <sighs> yeah. you kind of stopped going out for a while. I, I did. I had, um, okay, so
1: March like twelfth, twenty twenty, my entire year canceled in a day. Like I just had everyone call me and say this is canceled, and I could just. Evaporated a year, so it's like okay, because we usually you know try to get ourselves booked for about a year out, and that was done. And then in the first couple of months we were like, okay, we're getting used to this. And then I don't know, like somewhere around like the like maybe the middle of twenty twenty one, I I don't know. I, I just um I I needed some time to myself. I think I was really struggling with the pandemic and like okay uh, I'll, I'll say it honestly. Like I don't know about you guys, but I was in America during the pandemic, right? I live in Los Angeles and. All the message that I heard was, if you're fat, you're going to die and we don't care. And I was, I'm not, I was terrified. I was walking around like, you know, I'm in America, like the hospital system is different. And like the message over and over, like I had literally people tweet at me and say, if you get sick, we don't fucking care. You're going to die. You deserve to die. And I was like, like, so I was walking around every day going, I could, I could, I could die and no one cares if I die. And it, it instilled a fear in me that I didn't know about. And so then um, I had a little trouble. I'm getting emotional. I had a little trouble um, with... uh, I started to isolate a little bit. And then I found myself just getting... I I just... I got stuck. I got stuck in my apartment. And... um, yeah. And it just took a long time because I, um, I just, I really, I still feel a little different. Like I still, I don't feel like the Deborah I was before the pandemic. So that's it. So I'm isolated. You know, a lot of my friends left. I was alone. No, no. And my whole social is comedy, right? Like I'm an introvert. I'm neurodivergent. So I'm not good at social, but comedy is my social. Mm-hmm. So that was taken away from me. I just, I really struggled. And so probably I'd say most of 2022, I... I took I took the time off. And I've never done that. I've never done that. And it was hard and it's scary, but yeah, I did.
0: But so- I'm so glad that you're saying that because I feel like a lot of people here can relate to that. Like something in all of us changed during, whether you want to admit it or not. And things like for me, that used to be really easy, like flying to Montreal and Mm. getting up on a stage and doing something that I usually do literally in a bathrobe live is suddenly really terrifying. Like I seriously had flop sweats for you people. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like that's a real thing. Um, What is your advice for anybody who might be afraid for any reason to like get back out and do the thing that they once loved. See, this is the thing. It is it's hard, but I know that like, okay,
1: this is what someone said to me recently. I'm trying to let go of the idea of pre-pandemic Deborah. Because uh. I feel like that is the thing that I keep going, but I want to go back to that. I it's a new normal. Yeah. So it's like I think we have to forgive ourselves for feeling different and accept that it's it's okay that we feel different. We lived through a global pandemic. Mm-hmm. Millions, literally millions of people died. Mm-hmm. It's not weird to feel weird, mm-hmm. I don't think. And I, I do, I mean, especially in our industry, a lot of people are walking around going, what my god? and they're all jazzed, and I, I'm just not like that. No, and, yeah. and also, too, uh, on the outside as well, you know, because I have spent most of my life on the road, The sort of the normal schedule of being home, I like it. Yeah, I like it a lot. Yeah. I like going to bed at 10.30. Oh my god, it's yes. Nice. and then like, you know, having like Saturday afternoon off, it's nice. Uh-huh. I never did. I mean, I, I, I was always the person that, like, if weddings, people would tell me first, we're going to have a wedding in a year. Can you take the day off? And I'm like, maybe. You know, guess, yeah. But now it's like, I can yeah. go to your wedding now. Yeah, <laughs> but right. yeah. So it's a, a lot of things have changed, but yeah. we're fine. We made it through, and we'll keep going. That's all I have to say. You know, we're here. We're fine.
0: I love that so much. Yeah. And truly, one of the things that people love about you and your comedy so much is just how, like, real you are mm. and open and vulnerable you are. You have talked openly about going to rehab yes. for an eating disorder. Mm. Um, because you said you had been on a diet for 40 uh, years. Oh, yeah.
1: I mean, we all have. We all have. I think as women, we all are on diets for most of our lives. Like, I was saying to Jessie in, in the green room back, like... How women—it's so in our the fiber of our beings that we all know calories like men know sports stats. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like—I mean—I see women nodding right now, and it's like if I said how many calories in a banana, I bet half of you know how many calories are in a banana. A banana, and I'm gonna say 70, and some of you are gonna go, "Is that a big banana or a small banana, Deborah? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> That's it, and it's—it's yeah. just—it's just wrong because it's all garbage. It's all garbage, and it's—I um, went to. I'm not going to say the name, but I went to a um, a twelve step group for food, and again, it's um, it's not the right way to do it because you know when people have an addiction, they stop that addiction. But unfortunately, with food, we have to eat, so it's impossible to treat it like a normal addiction. You can't because you just say, "I'm not going to, I don't drink anymore. I'm I'm a sober person." So it's like those things I can stop. Mm -hmm. Food, we can't. So it makes it. You can't you can't treat it like a regular addiction. Um, so the can I can I talk about it? The, Please the, okay. yes. Um, the one thing that I learned, and again, I'm not pushing anything. It was just getting rid of diet culture and how um, it's called intuitive eating. Whatever, but it's really about <clears throat> taking giving power. Food has too much power. We've given it way too much power. We've given it moral power. We've given it this thing like bad food, good food. There's no such thing as bad and good food. Everybody, it's just food it's just food it's so hard though the diet it's so hard we all want to be thin i hear all of my friends do i look fat do i look fat it's, it's it's the it's the theme constantly of and in my family was riddled with it as well so it's hard it's hard walking around saying to people i went to rehab and i still live in this body but i'm just trying to accept this body that's what i'm trying to do that's all i want to do yes all yes. i want to do
0: yes
1: i don't you know what i don't even do that. That yeah, do that, yeah, do that. That needs
0: fucking yeah. slide whistle. That shit, yeah. yes, yes.
1: Because you know, one, yes. big, one of the big things that that I really, one of the messages from uh, rehab that I really took away was it's like okay, so it's because we're more than our bodies, right? But the whole thing about body positivity, which we are, we support, we support. but, but. We don't have to love our bodies. Did you know that? We just have to accept them. We have to say, look at, let's, make, let's not That's hate our bodies. Let's not be at war. It, saying you love your body every minute of the day is completely unreli- un- unreasonable. Uh-huh. Like, it's not going to happen. So we don't have to focus on that. Because I think we feel like we're failing at loving our bodies. So I am just trying to accept this is the body I live in. This is the body I live in right now. I want to stop apologizing for it and just accept it. And then maybe one day love will come, but it doesn't even have to. I just want to live in acceptance. You already have you know? Filippo.
0: He yes! came. So, I know. I mean, come so on. love will come. Come on. From Italy. Yes. Yeah. But can I ask you just this, just yes. to put a button on this? Yes. Because you have spent so many years making fun of yourself. Yes.
1: This is the thing. This is the thing. And that's because I did start with that sort of like, because um, I think a lot of people. When there's a noticeable difference, especially when we're on stage, my brain was always like, I'm going to get to it before you do. I'm going to say it before you can say anything. So it's like, I've had... Before you're all thinking... And even though I don't know what you're thinking, my brain said I knew what you were thinking. And and that's how I dealt with it. And... um, yeah, I don't I don't want to be that debasing anymore, but I also know that this is the body I live in. So my jokes still come from a, 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 you know, from a fat place because I live in a fat body. And even saying fat, I know people recoil. It's just a description. That's all it is. It's not a bad word. It, you know, we use it when people want to the first thing you say, a fat cat or who cares? It's what if you were gonna describe me in a lineup, you'd go brown hair, fat, brown eyes, you know I mean? that it it's just a description and I'm taking the word back and, and that's all there is to it. Here we go. Wow, no, yeah. I
0: truly do <laughs> love hearing that. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Because I think that all oh, this is so much unlearning mm-hmm. and it's and for a lot of us, like how many people are parents? Oh. Oh yeah, yes! I can't even
1: imagine. Oh right, my gosh. You're, we
0: have to. I think use a lot of that in the way that we raise our kids. A lot yeah. of that language, like "fat" is a descriptive mm-hmm. it's word. A there are no bad foods yeah. and no good foods. Mm-hmm. Like this is so. I think it's so important to hear. It is. So thank, thank yeah. you. Yes. and I just love how open you are about your journey to self acceptance. Yeah. So I thought we could end this conversation with Deborah today by reading some powerful, positive affirmations for my listeners, my phonies. Are you up for that? Yeah, I'm into
1: it. I'm into it. Let's do it. Okay, great. And because
0: I would like to ride on the coattails of the Barbie movie for as long as it's relevant, we are going to read inspiring feminist lyrics from Barbie World Remix by Nicki Minaj and Ice Spice.
1: (gasps) All right. Oh.
0: I'm bad like the Barbie... I'm a doll, but I still want a party. Uh.
1: Pink vet, like I'm ready to bend. I'm a ten, so I pull in a ken.
0: Eat girls, and we ain't playing tag. Rad, but he spank me when I get bad. Woo!
1: That pussy's so cold We just chillin' out It's Barbie, bitch If you still in
3: doubt Oh my god, okay, okay. Just said
0: that. The fuck they gon' say now <laughs> I'm washing these bitches I'm rubbing the stain out Gra.
1: <laughs> yeah I know the trick So I got him bricked Yeah They know who lit, me and Barbie, bitch.
0: Wow, wow, wow. Powerful, impactful. Debra, I think we touched a lot of people here with that. And if you want more of this Barbie bitch, and I know you do, you're going to find out everything that Debra is up to in 2023. It's a new year. She's out now. (laughs) Follow her on Instagram. And she's a TikTok sensation, in case you didn't know, at Debra DG. Debra, thank you 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 for being my first live phone a friend. Debra DG. I -I -I love you so much. You're the best. Bye, everyone. The best. What? so sweaty. do forget about After the Bye. break, Thanks, for the first time in the six-month Voice history of, of Phone a friend. friend, I am checking my voicemail live and whatever these French-Canadian phonies ask, I must answer. Dear God, mon dieu. That's next. We're back! And I'm doing Phone a Friend live here at the Just for Laughs Comedy Festival in Montreal, Quebec. Now at this point in the podcast, you know phonies, I check my voicemail. Now I have to tell you, I usually listen to the voicemail prior to playing it on the show, just to make sure it's like an appropriate, thoughtful question that I can answer. But today, it is about to be a French-Canadian free-for-all up in here, okay? I am going to check my voicemail live. Check, check, check your voicemail Live So, throw your hand up Can I swear? Uh, Can you swear? I've been fucking swearing for an hour <laughs> and ten minutes Imagine if you couldn't, please
3: Hi, I'm Jordana from Ottawa <gasps> You came all the way from Ottawa? It's two hours Jordana from Ottawa <laughs> There's nothing fun to do in Ottawa That's why I came here <laughs> <laughs> Go on. <laughs> well, my question is actually a fuck Mary Kill question. Ooh. These classic Pitbull jams, fuck is the one you want to listen to every so often. You're, you're like, you want to feel good. Okay. Mary is the one you want to listen to every day. Okay. And kill is the one where you're like, Pitbull, what are you thinking? You
0: oh, never God. This. Okay.
3: So Timber with Kesha and Pitbull. I'm
0: Timber, you better dance, you better move.
3: Feel this moment with Christina Aguilera. I just wanna feel this moment. And then the last one is on the floor, the one with JLo.
0: Oh, we're gonna get on the That's floor. Right. That's oh right. no. Uh, it's
3: it's so difficult. How are you gonna do this?
0: This is harder than Louis C.K. versus Pete <laughs>
3: Davidson. Uh,
0: okay. I wanna marry. I just wanna
3: feel
0: this moment. Because sometimes, like Before I was about to come out here to the Doubletree Hotel to do this show live, I just needed a little extra something. So I was like in my head. I was like, I just want to. So that's what I'm marrying. I want it with me all the time. Who am I fucking?
3: You want to feel good.
0: (laughs) Is that what fucking is about? (laughs) I've just used it for childbirth, clearly. Okay. I want to if, now it's just between J-Lo and Kesha, and that's not fair, unfortunately to Kesha, because if you've heard the Kesha song, Praying, you know she is a badass business bitch who can really hit a high note. So I don't want to disparage Kesha, but I have to go J-Lo. I need to fuck the J-Lo song. How did that go again, Jordana?
3: Go ahead. Sing this one. Yeah, line. yeah. Well, I like Pipple's part, because he just says, like, dale, over, he's like, dale, get on the floor, <laughs> Dale. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's the first time i've ever given an air horn sound effect to a phony okay yes so i'm fucking Dale. get on the floor Dale. i'm getting on the floor pitbull you're right i am and i'm killing casu's timber i'm so sorry i'm killing yeah oh that was a sitcom awe from the crowd what a great question jordana from ottawa
3: we just went to a pitbull concert like he headlined blues Fest in ottawa Wait a second, did you leave me an actual
0: voicemail in my inbox to tell me how horny you were for Pitbull? No, but... Oh, that was someone yeah. else,
3: okay. <laughs> you
0: know. I'll play that on next week's episode. Yeah.
3: It, was ins- it was insane, like, it was a huge crowd. There were people dressed as Pitbull, like, it was wild.
0: Wait, dressing as Pitbull is just tight white jeans with, like, a bulge in your... Like, that, what else? Bald caps. Ball caps. Or something like Ooh.
3: everything, like, it was...
0: Okay, packed. Right here with my phonies. The next time I do Phone a Friend Live, I will come out dressed as Pitbull. Watch yourselves. I love that for you. Jordana from Ottawa. Thank you for our messages. And ladies and gentlemen, that's our show! Now, you know I end every episode with a song. And I feel like we could go with like a Doja Cat song, but I honestly don't know what that would be. I think we have only one choice. And that is to end this episode with the number four musician in the world, according to millennials. Ooh, yeah. Feel that. It's a really weird note to go out on, but we're going to commit to it. Thank you, Debra Giovanni. Thank you so much. Did we not love her? I loved her before. I love her even more now. And I really love you, my phonies. Thank you so much for getting tickets, for being here on a Saturday, for finding childcare, for driving from Ottawa. Like, it truly means the world to me. Doing this show is the best. <sighs> That's a weird, hard turn. Doing this show is the best part of my week. So if I could tell you earnestly, thank you for being here honestly thank you for listening this has been phone a friend live at jfl i'll talk to you next thursday bye oh and now i'm coming out to take selfies because i am not miranda lambert okay let's do this save me thank you everybody
1: oh my god was created by our mommy, Jesse Kruksink. The executive producers are Jesse Kruksink and Jason Yanba. The technical producer is Rob Parrott. The amazing theme song and sexy interludes are by Jay Melanowski from Bedouin Soundclash. Phone of Friend is part of the A-Cast Creator Network. Credits are by us,
2: Ray Gatica and Rio were We're her kids. That's crazy, right? Wow, you're still listening? Okay,
3: see you next week.